Le mur à des oreilles, conversation pour la Palestine. Soraya Dadou et Mohamed Desai. Um, hi Mohamed, um, hi uh, Soraya. So, uh, yeah, Mohamed Desai from BDS South Africa and Soraya Dadou from uh, Media Review Network. Um, I jo uh, joining us today from uh, Joburg, Johannesburg in South Africa. Israeli Apartheid Week ended last week and uh, we're going to talk about this. We're also going to talk about uh, the broader sort of BDS movement in South Africa, broader solidarity work in South Africa, and um, a, a newly released book by Soraya Dadu and Firoz Osman called Why Israel? The Anatomy of Zionist Apartheid, a South African Perspective. So um, to start with you, Mohamed. So yeah, as I just said, um, Israeli Apartheid Week South Africa ended last week. Uh, can you tell us um, how, um, what, was it a success in your opinion? It was phenomenally successful. If you just consider the sheer size of the campaign this year, we had over 77 South African organizations uh, ranging from the ruling party of the country, the African National Congress, to the South African Council of Churches, uh, and several other sporting, student, and civil society groups that endorsed and backed and actively participated in the campaign. So on the, on the one end, you had these... Um, these um, large number of organizations participating, but also this translated uh, into numbers of people, uh, mass numbers of people at our events. Uh, the events uh, numbered, uh, for example, uh, you had some events where you had just over 1,500 to 2,000 uh, people attending. You had debates where you had about two, two to 500 uh, people that came out to listen to these debates. Uh, so they were very well attended uh, in terms of the numbers of people and something that we haven't seen before in South Africa, not only in terms of uh, Palestine, but also in general. Other than probably elections or government-run campaigns, Israeli Apartheid Week is proving, at least in South Africa, to be uh, one of the largest civil society-led uh, campaigns on any issue. And in addition to the size and the magnitude of the, uh, of the campaign, you also this year in South Africa had very interesting and unique activities taking place. So beyond just the traditional uh, rallies and lectures, you also had music concerts that took, uh, that took place. You had sporting events. You had soccer tournaments. You had uh, fund runs, all in solidarity with the Palestinian uh, people. And again... These events were held both uh, at places where the solidarity movement in South Africa is strong, for example, uh, for example, at university campuses, but it was also held in, um, in communities and townships across the country. And one interesting um, aspect this year is that the South African Council of Churches, and as well as the Muslim Judicial Council, called on all South African churches, all South African mosques, to dedicate their Sunday services, to dedicate their Friday prayers to the, to, to the plight of the Palestinian uh, people. So it's definitely put the Palestinians, the Israeli Apartheid Week has proved to put the Palestinian struggle out there in the public domain. And we really hope that this will now set the tone uh, for the rest of the year, for the rest of our boycott campaigns, 
for the rest of our BDS campaigns and our solidarity uh, efforts. We also hope that this is the last year that we would have to have um, have organized an Israeli apartheid week. Of course, it sounds it sounds uh, it sounds amazing. I uh, I wanted to ask you uh, still. I mean, Mohammed, but of of course, Soraya, you can intervene. Um, I mean, the the size of the events, the impact, and the fact that the the churches and the mosques were were, were behind it as well um, sounds uh, sounds incredible. But I mean, I think one of the goals of Israeli Apartheid Week and of any solidarity work we're doing is to uh, sort of you know to reach the unconverted and and to sort of you know break. Uh, the wall of silence um, that sort of the mainstream media imposes on on us. Um, will you know? Did the media were there an interest from the media? Um, you know, did some events were some events covered by mainstream media, newspapers, etc. In South Africa? Absolutely, I think that's probably one of the turning points of uh, the struggle against Israeli apartheid in South Africa is that. Mainstream media across the board, um, you know, whether it was the South African Broadcasting Corporations, TV channels, radio stations, uh, they all covered various events relating to IAW as well as the guests. So, for example, uh, Kassam Barghouti, the son of uh, the imprisoned Marwan Barghouti, he was interviewed on Morning Live, which is one of the uh, shows with the highest ratings in South Africa. Uh, Miko Pellet, of course, who is uh, an American-Israeli author that was our international guest, he also got a lot of mainstream coverage. In addition to that, um, newspapers were running op-eds uh, covering the comparisons between South African and Israeli apartheid. And what was interesting is that those op-eds were written by a very wide variety of people. So in terms of mainstream media coverage, I think Israeli apartheid, this this Israeli apartheid week this year has been the most successful in that regard. Mm. I mean, it's uh, it's it's obviously. I mean, South Africa, due to to the history of South Africa, due to uh, the fact that the end of South Africa apartheid was really not that long ago, and the fact that most people, and I know this myself, obviously, because I was with with you guys, was it like now two years ago or something for the Russell Tribunal. I mean, the level of solidarity showed to, towards the Palestinian people is pretty incredible. And the level of uh, even, you know, the institutions and even we spoke to, I mean, even the ANC has, has endorsed uh, some forms of boycott, even if, I mean, and you'll tell me more about it in practice. I'm not sure they're doing enough. But uh, the fact that Archbishop Tutu is behind it, the Muslim Judicial Council is behind it. I think you you are in a very uh, sort of particular and specific case in South Africa, you know, and in a way, the uh, the level of solidarity and also the the fact that the media and again I saw this with the tribunal is covering your events and is is very different from from the re the rest of the world. So in your opinion, because I also know that even if the sort of Israeli lobby is quite small in South Africa, it's it's very powerful. So in your opinion, what's the next for South Africa activism and solidarity towards Palestine? What's the next step? What would you like to achieve next? Well, um, Frank, just one comment, and that is that we as South Africans are not doing anything special. So even though the activities may be numerous and even though the organizations may be several that are backing this uh, campaign, in a way, the Palestinian Solidarity Movement allows us South Africans to pay back and to give back to all of you in Europe, in the U.S., in Asia, and other places that stood in solidarity with us South Africans. 
in a way, the Palestinian Solidarity Movement or even the campaigns like the Apartheid Week uh, allow us to relive our history. And so it's unfortunate that in some countries that the Palestinian Solidarity Movement is not being covered as much as what the anti-apartheid movement was at one time uh, covered. However, we do feel that the international movement in solidarity with the Palestinian people is definitely going to be uh, overtaking the um, overtaking the anti-apartheid movement of the 1980s very soon. Uh, we see the we see the Palestinian solidarity movement in general and the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign in particular growing at a supersonic uh, speed. And so, us being in solidarity as South Africans is really not a favour, is really not charity work, but it's something that we owe the international community in general and the Palestinians in particular. I mean, it was the Palestinians, after all that supported us and as South Africans uh, during the darkest days of apartheid when it was unfashionable to support uh, the South African struggle. Uh, and we also painfully recall that it was the Israeli government and it was the Israeli lobby, not only uh, in, in Europe but also in the States and elsewhere, that firmly backed the apartheid government, which mowed down our, our comrades and mowed down uh, our people here in South Africa. But in terms of moving forward, Currently, the Israeli lobby in South Africa uh, is really running uh, is, is really um, running like a headless chicken, uh, not being able to figure out whether to look left or whether to look right, uh, simply because Palestinian solidarity is not just located in one organisation or in one office. It's located within the student movement, within government, within political parties, within the churches. And I think that, uh, th- that this is the way that we need to go. We need to ensure that the, that the Palestinian Solidarity Movement and the BDS campaign is located in as many spheres and in as many uh, sectors as, uh, as uh, possible. And of course, all of this combined will eventually lead our governments or the governments of the world to exert more pressure on Israel um, that will bring about the necessary conditions for a just peace to be realized in Palestine, uh, similar to a just peace that was achieved here in uh, in South Africa. Talking about, um, uh, oh, sorry, go, sorry, I go. Uh, you you were asking, you know, where to next after Israeli Apartheid Week, and I'd like to think that in South Africa, Israeli Apartheid Week is going to be every week, because I think what uh, a lot of young South Africans, as Mohammed has just indicated. Um, we we understand that we owe the freedoms that we currently have uh, to international solidarity. And that is what young South Africans are currently doing. They're, they're paying back and they're speaking for people who are being silenced in the same way that we were silenced uh, a generation ago. So in this regard, in, in terms of trying to have Israeli Apartheid Week every week, uh, what all the Palestinian solidarity organizations in this country are doing is that we're all embarking on various programs of education. And rather than sort of teaching to the converted, as it were, we want to ensure that every South African understands exactly how similar, and in some cases, how much worse Israeli apartheid is for the Palestinians. So we want to embark on education programs in the form of books, like uh, Why Israel, for example, in the form of op-eds, school programs, lecture programs, and also in terms of um, popular culture. Um, and as Mohammed has said, it's becoming increasingly un- 
comfortable to become um, a friend of Israel in this country and show any kind of support for the Zionist state in its current form. And that is what our programs are aimed at doing. We, we really need South Africans to understand exactly um, how bad uh, Israel's apartheid policies are for the Palestinians. Um, actually, before we go further into um, the book, Why Israel? I wanted to go back to, uh, I mean, Mohammed talked about governments. So I've got, I've got two questions. Uh, one is about the fact that when uh, Nelson, uh, <coughs> sorry, Nelson Mandela, Madiba, died a few months ago, uh, the Israeli government wasn't present and the, uh, the excuse was that the trip was going to be too expensive. So my first question is, do you think that's the real story and that you know, Netanyahu didn't come simply because it was too expensive or do you think there's something more? And then the second question is about the South Africa government itself and the ANC that has, has in, in words and in statements, been very supportive of the Palestinians. I think the ANC Youth League has endorsed uh, the boycott. But um, in practice, uh, would you like your government at the highest level to do more? Or do you think they are doing enough in terms of um, not engaging at all with Israel or in terms of supporting the Palestinians? Well, especially on the question as to uh, the Israeli presence at Madiba's funeral, uh, it's an absolutely absurd reason that was given by the Israeli government that the flight to South Africa was too expensive for the president or the prime minister. Uh, but we do think that the reason why they didn't come is because they would have been faced with major protests by South African civil society. Uh, South African civil society, as mentioned earlier, we remember painfully Israel's uh, collaboration with the apartheid government during the 1980s, but also the uh, oppression that is meted out on our Palestinian comrades on a daily basis by the Israeli government. And so both the Israeli prime minister and president would not have been welcomed at the, uh, at the funeral of, Mad of our Madiba uh, because uh, uh, the, the, the government that they represent stands firmly in contradiction to what Madiba and what Nelson Mandela stood for um, all his life. Um, however, we do welcome the fact that they did not uh, come. We don't think that this would have been the right place uh, for them. We do hope, however, that the Israeli government pays particular attention to, uh, to the lessons of the anti-apartheid struggle, that, pay, that they pay attention to Madiba's words, uh, and that they do pay attention to the fact that a single democratic country that was created in South Africa has brought about the necessary uh, peace that was, uh, that was sought for. Um, as for our government, there are, there's two things. The one is that we are proud that our government uh, is actively behind the Palestinian uh, people, but we want more. We want more to be done by our, by our government, both at an international level, but also locally in South Africa. We do think that the time has come for the South African government to lead the international community regarding sanctions against, uh, against Israel. And in the same breath, whilst we do understand, uh, whilst we do understand the pressures that are being put on our government for its pro-Palestinian uh, position, uh, we want to, in no uncertain terms, condemn the kind of pressures that come from, for example, the USA uh, and other backers of uh, Israel. As soon as our government makes a move, 
solidarity with the Palestinian uh, people, these uh, these governments, such as the government of the USA, places uh, economic uh, blackmails literally literally blackmails the South African uh, government. However. Uh, we, we also remember that it was many African countries that paid a very high price for their solidarity with uh, South Africa. It was, uh, it was a very high price that was paid not only by African countries, but also by other countries that decided to boycott apartheid South Africa. And so we are calling on countries of the world, including our own government, uh, to take a firm stance against uh, Israel. This was, a, this, was, this was done during the 1980s against apartheid South Africa. It proved successful, and it can be done now regarding uh, Israel. Soraya, do you want to do you want to add something, or, or are you okay? No, the, well, well, there is. Um, I think in terms of the South African government, um, as Mohammed has said, I mean, they're clearly moving in the right direction. Uh, and an example of this would be that in February, on the sixth of February, the South African Parliament hosted a solidarity conference. Um, in support of the peoples of Palestine, Western Sahara, and Cuba. And this was a world first. And one of the things that was adopted at this conference has now been called the Cape Town Declaration, which has basically called on the government to consider things like BDS, uh, the funding and and the the sale of settlement goods, um, and a whole host of, of measures that I think would put the Israeli government are the extreme pressure in this country. That declaration um, is in the pipe. It's in the pipeline, um, and of course, it's been it's come under intense scrutiny and pressure from the Zionist lobby in this country. But uh, we're very, very optimistic that a lot of the resolutions in that declaration will be upheld. And uh, as I said, I think we're we're very proud that the fact of the fact that the government is clearly moving in the right direction. And we hope that they set a precedent for the rest of the world to follow. Okay. Uh, actually, something that we didn't talk about is the fact that the, the campaign to free Marwan Barghouti and all Palestinian prisoners was launched in, uh, in Cape Town, actually on Robben Island, on the 27th of October last year by actually Ahmed Kathrada, who, who, was a, who is a, also a South African anti-apartheid stalwart. Um, uh, what do you think about the campaign and the fact that it was launched in South Africa, sort of the, the symbolism of it? Well, it's, uh, it's highly significant because Ahmed Kathrada, this close friend and comrade of Nelson Mandela, was also the person that launched this free Nelson Mandela campaign uh, during the 1980s. Uh, he led this campaign, of course, before he was imprisoned himself on Robben Island. And so there was a symbolic importance, and I think it did put the issue of Palestinian political prisoners onto, uh, the, onto, the, onto the landscape. Um, and it has also propelled the BDS campaign, and that is that the, the campaign around Palestinian political uh, prisoners has also activated people to start pay, paying attention and asking what can be done to assist in the liberation of Palestinian political prisoners. And of course, one of the things that can be done is participating in the campaign against the security company called uh, G4S. And so G4S, in fact, a week after the launch of this campaign from the historic Robben Island, uh, G4S lost its first contract in South Africa uh, because of its involvement in Israel and in the incarceration of uh, Palestinian political prisoners. And the issue of Palestinian political prisoners is very close to South Africans because so many of our grandfathers, mothers and fathers 
and, and, and people that we know were imprisoned during the 1980s. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to end uh, by talking about the book uh, that's uh, Suraya you, you've co-authored with Firoz Osman. Um, can you tell us, the, the, again, the title of the book is Why Israel? The Anatomy of the Zionist Apartheid, a South African Perspective. Uh, the foreword is by uh, Ronnie Casrells. Um, so why did you write this amazing book that I've, I've, uh, I've got the um, honor to, to have read? And uh, why, why now? Why the book? Uh, why the South Africa perspective? Who is your audience? You know, what was the idea behind the book? Well, the title of the book, Why Israel, uh, is actually a response to a question that everyone in the Palestinian Solidarity Movement faces in South Africa. Because one of the first questions that we get asked if there's an op-ed published in a newspaper or if you've been on uh, a radio station or on a TV program is, why is why do you people always pick on Israel? And why is it that Israel should be the subject of boycott, divestment, and sanctions? So, in a nutshell, what why Israel does is it answers that question very, very comprehensively. Um, it is aimed at everyone, you know, from high school students to activists to researchers, academics, um, absolutely everyone. And the aim of the book is to explain to people um, the nature of Israeli apartheid, the origins of the conflict, uh, what the specific policies are, um, how it's similar to, Israel, to South African apartheid and how it differs. Because in some instances, Israeli apartheid is far more brutal than South African apartheid ever was. Um, and more importantly, what's the future? How do we fight? So we look at issues of uh, BDS, lawfare, we want people to understand exactly what the nature of the so-called peace process is. And we want South Africans to basically just become more informed and more educated about the issue. Because clearly the passion is there and the commitment is there. But we also want people to be knowledgeable and to have all the information uh, about this conflict at their fingertips. So that was really the aim of the book. Okay. Has it been uh, well received? I, I see, like on on Facebook and on social media, that you've done, you've already done loads of events around the book. Uh, what was the response like? Yes, it's it's been very well received. It was um, officially launched in September last year at the rather symbolic uh, and highly appropriate Apartheid Museum in Johannesburg, and thereafter we moved to Cape Town, to Durban, to smaller areas like Port Elizabeth and Polokwane. So it's, it's really gone all around the country. In terms of uh, mainstream media coverage as well, uh, the Star newspaper, which is Johannesburg's most widely read newspaper, uh, covered it quite in-depth, uh, as have mainstream newspapers in Durban and Cape Town. So the, the coverage has been there. We also um, have a billboard that is up in Johannesburg, which has the words Israeli apartheid exposed at bookstores now. Um, and despite efforts by the Zionist lobby to have the billboard removed, it's still there. Uh, most interestingly, you mentioned social media. There was actually a social media campaign launched to have the book removed from the shelves of uh, South Africa's leading retailer. So this is a mainstream, re- mainstream retailer that stocks Wisedale. And there were many in the Zionist lobby who were quite upset that a book about, about Israeli apartheid written from a South African perspective, was so widely um, available. Um, and all in all, I think it's, 
it's been received very well. We've gotten the opposition that we expected from the usual quarters. But um, I think I'm most pleased in the fact that a wide variety of people have told me that they've read it and they've benefited quite a lot and that it's opened their eyes up to a lot of issues that they would not normally have heard about. Okay, um, comrades, it was great to hear your your voices again. Uh, I wish, I, I, you know, I hope I'll see your faces again uh, in the short term future. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for participating in the show. Thanks for everything you do on the ground, and um, hopefully, yeah, we'll we'll see you uh, soon again, right? Okay, thanks. All thanks. right, thanks, guys. Bye bye.